morning. Our scripture reading this morning, there are two of them, one in Ezekiel and one in Acts. Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 to 6, the valley of dry bones. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you and would call, cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Second reading is from Acts chapter 3, verses 17 to 19. And now, friends, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your rulers. In this way, God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, that his Messiah would suffer. Repent, therefore, and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out. This is the word of the Lord. So this past summer, as some of you know, I went to visit uh, my mom in Banff, and we went hiking a lot this summer while we were there, because, you know, that's what you do in a place like that. And one of the things I learned while being in Alberta is that their summers compared to ours is a lot more milder. It's not because it's not hot. It was pretty hot there, but the humidity there is a lot less than we have here, right? where when we're here, it feels a lot harder, hotter than it is. And I remember this one day we were eating in the shade, and I realized that even though it was plus 30, it wasn't too bad. And whenever there was a breeze of, of um, air that came by, a wind that is, I would feel the sense of relief from the heat of the day. It almost felt like this uh, picture I've seen online of, of how it would feel, you know, when you had that breath of, of, of fresh air. Let's look at that. Right? Can you, can you just picture it? Just that breath of fresh air, that wind that blows your hair by and, and you're just smiling. And during Advent, we have been looking at how God wants our time of waiting for the coming of Jesus the first time and the second time, to be a time of refreshing as opposed to the busyness of our culture's Christmas season. And in our passage in Acts that Greg spoke on last week, that when we repent and turn to Jesus, there will be this time of refreshing at hand. Acts three nineteen to 21, repent therefore and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. 
Greg spoke about how repentance isn't just feeling sorry, sorry for or even asking for forgiveness, but rather a turning from sin to that of turning to God. It is when we turn away from sin and turn towards God that our sins will be wiped out. And look what it says here when we turn to God. Repent, therefore, and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and so that there will be times of refreshing coming from the presence of the Lord. So what are these times of refreshing? The word refresh occurs a few times in the Old Testament as to take a deep breath to be refreshed, to have room to breathe. And in the New Testament, the word refresh occurs to mean to give rest, to invigorate, and to revive. But the phrase, the phrase times of refreshing is not mentioned anywhere else in the Bible but here. Still, the concept of this times of refreshing is what the people of Israel had been hoping for for generations. The prophets talked about this future age where there would be rest and joy for the people of Israel. This new age would be a time where they would have rest from all their enemies, a respite from war and oppression, and a time in which there would be peace. This time of refreshing was also tied to the coming of the Messiah. So when the Messiah comes, it will mark the age of this times of refreshing. This is why Peter talks about this times of refreshing in relation to Jesus. For Peter, Jesus is the Messiah, and Jesus as the Messiah has come. And with his arrival, this age of refreshing has also come. And the early Christians believed that Jesus was the Messiah that was promised. The Gospel of Matthew was written with this in mind and is why there are so many references to the Old Testament prophecies of the Messiah coming true in Jesus. One of these prophecies from the Old Testament and the expectations of this Messiah comes from our passage in Ezekiel. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them, and there were many, very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O oh, oh God, O oh Lord God, you only know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. We see here that Ezekiel is sent by the spirit of the Lord to, to the middle of a valley that is full of dry bones. Can you imagine this valley full of dry bones? What I picture is a desolate land with no water, almost like a desert, no possibility of life, a place of despair, of death, of thirst, of no relief, no wind to ease the heat of the day. And in this valley, that what Ezekiel sees is a valley that is full of dry bones. Dry bones representing death, not just death, but a sense of complete death, death where there is nothing left of the body, 
but only bones. Everything has been stripped away. All flesh has decayed, and there's nothing left. And in many ways, this valley of the dry bones represents the people of Israel and and their current plight. They are in exile. Their country has been taken away. Their army has been decimated. They are at the mercy of the Babylonians and have been under their rule for three generations or for 70 years. Imagine being under such oppression for generations. We have struggled under COVID for, what, now two years? And it's been killing us. How much more for people of Israel who are under foreign rule for generations? Your father, your grandfather, and yourself. Three generations. For them, it feels like they are living in the valley of the dry bones. Enough that in verse 11, this is what the people say of themselves. They say, our bones are dried up. Our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. The people of Israel are feeling as though they, are, they have no hope. They are all dried up, withered, thirsty, hopeless. They feel as though they are cut off completely. Who or what are they cut off from? From their God. The source of life, the source of hope. It is from their God that they feel as though they are completely cut off. And it's within this sense of desperation that God says in verse 5, Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. Just like in the Genesis story, God will breathe into these bones. Just as God breathed life into Adam and Eve in the creation story, God will breathe life into these dry bones. These bones that represented death and separation from God will now be given life and be restored. One commentator puts it this way, that this vision of the resurrection is the restoration of the nation of Israel, that though they may seem like it's impossible in their current situation, that God will miraculously restore them by returning them to their land. And secondly, once they are back, brought back into their land, they would be renewed spiritually. When God, through his spirit or breath, will give them a new covenant. This new covenant will be a heart renewal where the people are able to obey God, even without needing to try. This is why it reads in, and he says in Ezekiel 11, verse 19 to 20, God says, I will give them one heart and put a new spirit within them. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh so that they may follow my statutes and keep my ordinances and obey them. They shall be my people and I will be their God. One of the things that I found out about myself during the pandemic, and I think I've talked about this, is that I really do enjoy hiking. And what makes it even more exciting is when you could hike in the mountains. And I love my time in Banff this summer where we hiked so many mountains, and I found my favorite hiking spot of all time. 
It's the place you got to go when you're in Banff, okay? It's called Parker Ridge Trail. And here's a picture of it uh, that I took or someone took for me. Yeah, and that's at the top of the trail there. And every time I would enter a forest or be at a top of a mountain, I would stand at the cliff and just take a deep breath in. I take in a deep breath and all of the goodness and the oxygen of the forest, which my city folk lungs really need. And it is in this breath of fresh air that restores and refreshes my soul. Every time I stand there and take a deep breath in and feel the wind in my face like Nicolas Cage coming out of that plane, I have a smile on my face. And breathing deeply is one of the best ways to relieve stress. According to the internet and and the Harvard medical article I, I looked up, deep breathing is one of the best ways to lower stress in the body. I've been told to breathe deeply even by my physiotherapist, that as you practice deep breathing, that it would help with my back pain as it, you know, um, relaxes the muscles. This is why we have that phrase, just breathe. Or I came up for breath or air. I just need some fresh air. So what does breathing, deep breathing, have to do with this time of refreshment? In the Genesis story, we see that God breathes life into human beings and give them life. As we have seen in the valley of the dry bones, God breathes life into the dry bones. In the Acts 3 passage, we see Peter speaking about this times of refreshing or breath, who just before experienced for himself the Pentecost where the Holy Spirit came upon them like wind and filled them. So the very breath that we breathe, the way in which we as human beings live, is the very way in which the Holy Spirit comes to give us life. The coming of Jesus is the beginning of this times of refreshing, where people will be filled with the Holy Spirit, where the dry bones are given form and spirit, and where the people of God can live and follow God. We're able to obey and follow God, not because the rules have been thrown out, but because we are born anew. When the Spirit of God fills our spiritually and physically weary bones, we are filled with the very life and presence of God and are transformed and are refreshed mind, body, and soul. John 20, again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, received the Holy Spirit. We see here again that the same idea of breath of God that leads to life as Jesus breathed on the disciples and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Just as in the Valley of Dry Bones, we see Jesus breathing on the disciples. You know, you can't really picture that these days with COVID, right? You're not supposed to breathe on anybody, right? So you can almost imagine Jesus wearing a mask maybe and breathing on the disciples, all right? But remember the word for wind or breath in the Bible can be used, interchangeably used for the spirit. The same breath that gave life to human beings in the beginning of creation, the same breath that gave life to the bones, 
The breath or wind of God that fell upon the disciples is the very breath of Jesus that he gives to his disciples. This time of refreshing is that as we breathe in the breath of God, that is as we repent and turn to Jesus, we are given the very presence of Jesus that leads to the times of refreshing. Because he is our peace. And so we say, peace be with you. Acts 3.19 again, repent therefore and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. It's not in what Jesus can do for me that I find refreshment. It's not because of world peace and what this new time of Jesus might mean for me and my people. But it's in the very presence of the Lord, excuse me, that we will find this time of refreshing. It's in the very presence of Jesus as he breathes on us, as we turn towards him, he will give us himself by filling us with the Holy Spirit. We are born anew as he gives us breath to live as his sons and daughters, where now we do not have to follow rules to to, or regulations as a way to get closer to God. But as we are transformed by his presence, we get to be people who live out the law because of this new life in us. We're not the same anymore. We're free to love, free to obey, free to be his people, and he our God. Now, to me, that's a breath of fresh air. I don't need to follow rules, but that those rules that try to, in many ways, trap me and keep me from sinning is now no longer needed because it's written in my heart, in our hearts. The spirit of the law, the spirit of love is now in us through the Holy Spirit. And therefore, we get to now live in freedom as his people. And I really love the idea of this image of the breath That that's what is used to talk about God here. We know that we cannot go a minute without breathing. Not even a minute can we go without breathing. Why use such an image? Because our life without God spiritually, and I would argue physically, leads to death. Because we are made to be in relationship with him. In fact, our whole life depends on him. We can't go on living without even a minute without him, just as we can't go without a minute breathing. He is a source of life. I'm going to quote Henry Nouwen here. Uh, I haven't done that in a while, so I figured it's okay now. Um, And he says, discipleship does not mean to use God when we can no longer function ourselves. On the contrary, it means to recognize that we can do nothing at all but that God can do everything through us. As disciples, we find not some, but all of our strength, hope and courage and confidence in God. Therefore, prayer must be our first concern. Now in here talks about how people can live under the impression that we do our best and we let God do the rest. He argues that no, we need to get to the point that we realize that we can do nothing without him. It is then we can let the Spirit of God do all things through us. 
Are we putting God as first, the very source of our life, or are we turning to him as our last resort? Sure, God will meet you even when we turn to him as our last resort, but that's like a person dying for air, turning to oxygen to live, versus thriving and living life with God as we breathe good oxygen. Yes, God is our doctor, and we go to him when when we are in need, when we're sick, and nothing wrong with doctors. I love doctors. But really, do we think about doctors at all, except when we are sick, when something's going wrong in our lives? We don't think about doctors at all, right? It's only when we are not feeling good we turn to him. But what if we saw God not as our doctor, and yes, of course, there are times he is, and he will always be, But what if we saw him as the source of life? What if we realized he was the one that we need to to go to first, not last? Discipleship in Christ means to get beyond seeing and treating him like our doctor, but rather the source of healthy living. I don't know about you, but I need some times of refreshment. It's been tough, hasn't it? This time of COVID, it's been really tough. And it's been hard on many of us in many different ways. It feels like we are in this time of the valley of the dry bones. And I think it is a wake-up call for us to pay attention to what God might be doing in this time. What is God saying to us in this global pandemic about who we are to be? As we approach Christmas and and wait for his arrival, his second arrival in many ways, how can we live as people with flesh and the breath of God instead of as people who are feeling like dry bones? Turn to God. Turn away from yourself, from what you are seeking, what you are focused on, and turn to God. Repent and turn to God so that there might be times of refreshment by the presence of Christ. And for some of us, it may mean taking time to assess where our priorities are in life. For some other of us, it may mean taking time to be with God, whether in reading scripture, in worship, in fellowship, in prayer, or in nature. And for some of us, it may mean just taking the time to breathe. That every breath we take is a reminder that we have our life in Christ, that none of us who are alive are alive on our own, but because of the breath in us, which comes from God. I would encourage you to take time to breathe deeply. Anytime you feel stressed, worried, wearied, or feel hopeless, take time to breathe deeply and be reminded that the breath you take is the very life-giving presence of Christ in you. You know, if you added just a few words to that deep breathing, you would be practicing and engaging with an ancient prayer that Christians have been praying from the third century. So for thousands of years, Christians have been praying this prayer called the breath prayer. And if you wanted more information and specific directions, uh, Greg has a nice little write-up about it, which you can find on our website or on the link down below for those of you that are online. But it's about taking that deep breath in and pausing and breathing out. And when you do that, 
you know, one of the uh, phrases that I've been thinking about as I was working on this sermon is, breath of God, refresh my soul. Breath of God, refresh my soul. So I encourage you, if you, if you need words, there are some words for you. And that's, that's what I've been uh, practicing this week myself. So what are the things you are carrying that is weighing you down? What are the relationships in your life that are causing you stress and anxiety? What is it you need from God so that you can be refreshed? And I wanted to just give us some space as we end our time together to breathe. And while I read this scripture, I invite you to close your eyes and just breathe in deeply and breathe out deeply as I read this passage. Let's pray. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them, and there were very many living and lying, sorry, lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. Amen.